Jesus, thank you for joining us. It's a pleasure to have you be a part of the uh, Bari podcast series. Hello, Deepa. My pleasure to be part of this uh, podcast and share with you about uh, my experience on, on design thinking and other customer obsession stuff. So happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you. To begin with, I know you really well, but to our audience, if you could tell, uh, tell them a little bit about yourself, please. Yes, sure. Uh, well, I'm uh, Jesus Sanchez. Currently, I'm the Chief Growth Officer of Smart Protection. Smart Protection is a, is a SaaS platform who is uh, you know, offering IP protection for the, any company that uh, basically is setting their assets online. So we are working for any company to help them and protect their you know, brands, product against any kind of infringement online. And before uh, this project, I have been uh, you know, running most of my career on cybersecurity. And I will say that most of that in, uh, as part of uh, McAfee, that it was really a, a great journey for us. And I have the opportunity to, to run in, uh, you know, in the both uh, you know, business units of uh, McAfee at that days, enterprise business unit, and lately in a consumer business unit was where I was running a mayor region for consumer in McAfee. Wonderful. Such a pleasure again to have you and thank you for making the time. Um, Jesus, in your work, um, how have you as a leader, whether in smart protection or previously at McAfee, how have you personally ensured that there is that creative foresight in not only your teams, but those around you as well? Well, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's basically, you know, uh, to, to work with the team, for the team to, to understand, to be aligned that we need to take care of the ongoing business of what we are doing today, but also to understand if we are continue doing in the same way. And we are not, you know, oversee ahead of us and thinking, you know, and jumping into the into the customer, those that we need to serve. And then we observe the different insights that are happening around us to start changing our business. It is going to be impossible to success for a long time. So we really need to, you know, to pay real attention of what is happening around us in our environment and how this what is happening around us should provide us the, the right insights in order to build this transformation B. So thinking on new road to markets, new models, and even adding new values for those that we are serving. That's key. Right. Um, love what you're saying. If I can underscore some of the things that you're saying, um, adding customer value. So many um, of us in the industry just sort of race after features and functionality without really thinking about the customer value we're delivering. So that's a really good point, you know, to balance and understand, I guess, the customer value that you're delivering. The other thing that you talked about, Jesus, is what's happening around us. Um, I think when, um, you know, I've worked in large organizations too, and sometimes we get into that trap of really 
having blinders on because we want to focus and execute, we stop looking at what's around us and being inspired by what's around us. One of our favorite things that we like to do as Pensar when we do research is um, help the leaders in the company understand what is the inside out view from the company out, but also what's the outside in view? What do customers think about the company and what is it that they desire? What do your competitors see? What are trends happening? And so we're able to point those gaps between how you know, the inside out view versus the outside in view, and that we find to be super helpful. Are there particular things that you do as a leader, Jesus, to help your teams understand what is happening around you? Absolutely. Uh, you know, and uh, I, I did in, a, in, a, in McAfee, and you know about, about that, and it helped a lot. So it helped because basically, you know, sometimes company where we are building a product, we are thinking on the nice features that we are going to offer to, you know, our customers. And at the same time, when we are trying to sell our product, we are basically assuming that what we have built is what the customer needs. <laughs> but sometimes it's not like, you know, they don't need this, but we have not listened and observed which are the real pains of our customers. Because at the end of the day, we can be building incredible features, but at the end of the day, which are the priorities of the customer that we need to serve. So it also impact on, on the way that we build our business and the way that we try to build our revenue, you know? Because we are not just focusing on, let's say, making the deal. We are focused on how, we can, how can we provide real value and through this value then to get that return. So and when I joined Smart Protection, that was my first you know, discussion with my CEO, Javier, is, okay, let's start thinking on, we want to democratize the brand protection services. That means that we want to offer an affordable solution for any online company that would like to take our benefit to protect their brands, their product. Let's start talking with them. Let's understand what do they observe when they are doing their journey. And from this observation and conversation with them, then we should infer what we need to build for them. They, in some way, they will help us on setting the priorities. It doesn't mean that we are going to cut off our, you know, uh, innovation. It means that we are going to put our innovation at the disposal of the needs of our customers. Yeah, no, that's fabulous. I loved what you said, uh, Jesus, about customers we need to serve. And a lot of times there's a lot of humility in that sentence. And a lot of times we forget that, um, you know, our solutions, our processes, whatever products we're building, um, they are in service of a customer that's then purchasing it. And I really liked how you connected them to when you deliver customer value, then there's also the business outcome for the company. And if you sequence it like so, understand the needs, customers are not gonna tell you what they want, but you need to infer based on that conversation, 
then you move to a place where you're building things that serve your customer well. And when you do that, your business will succeed. So I just, I love how you just put that all together for us. Thank you. Awesome. Um, when you're thinking about um, the return on investment, Jesus, as a sales leader, as a growth leader, when you're thinking about what is the return on investment of customer centricity or obsession, how would you articulate that? Well, I will try to resume is let's start thinking on business. You know, when I think on business, at the end of the day, if we try to to, to look at the, let's say, of the business and the revenue, all is around the funnel, right? It's all is around how many customers are we able to acquire and how many customers are we able to retain? And if we are lucky, how many customers are we able to upsell? Because basically we can offer different values and therefore we can build a journey for them. Okay, if you are really customer obsessed, it will be much more easier to run across acquisition and there, and also to work in the retention of the customers. Because coming to the previous point is, you will try to delight the customer. And if someone is delighted with the service, and I think that any of us experience that in our day-to-day -day activity, then you keep in because you are getting value. So that's the way that I, I, I see you know, this return. Because it's not just thinking on, on the you know on the dollar. It's thinking on the dollar as a result of the big value that you are delivering to the customers. You know, okay. if you have a customer happy, you have a customer engaged. You have a customer that will stay with you. Right, right. So you're saying, how can you define what value is unless you go connect with the customers? And once you deliver that value, that happy customer is what's bringing in the revenue. So you're like, how could it not be connected? And exactly, and, and we really apply. This is another discussion that we have hold in, you know, uh, when we were planning, you know, in a smart protection, we are a SaaS platform. How do we plan our subscription? Mm -hmm. And one thing that we decided is we are not going to capture customer and force them to stay with us through any kind of contract or you have to stay with us for a year or for that period of time is you stay with us only if you consider that we are delivering value. So any customer can leave, you know, whatever they want, we are just trying to provide value. So you stay with us because you really think that we are doing something you know, meaningful for you. That's the unique rule that we will follow. Yeah, wow, that's quite incredible. Um, especially contrast that, Jesus, with a lot of companies that only look at um, how many people downloaded my app, right? That's what we call vanity metrics. That makes you feel good. But like you said, it's about attracting, retaining, as well as upselling. And you... Customers only stay with you if they're happy with your service. And what you have to do is focus on value versus coming up with clever contracts that you know, bind customers to you. You're saying the way to do that is by delivering customer value. Absolutely, absolutely. That's the way that uh, I think. Yeah, yeah. I wanna share with you um, 
we worked with a really large lens manufacturing company. And as we were, um, the goal was to help them build more efficiency in the sales process. Um, the more efficiency there is in the sales process, like you said, more people will stay and hence better business for the company. Um, we started off by, you know, like you said, going out and talking to the retailers that sold this company's lenses. And we looked and we piggybacked, we observed, we rode in with the salespeople as well to understand how they sell the product. We then also talked to end consumers that were looking to purchase lenses. And I don't know if you wear glasses or contacts, but you know, I do, I just started wearing them. And it's actually really confusing uh, as a consumer to decide how much do you wanna spend for lenses? And one of the things we noticed was that um, people spend hours looking for a frame that fits, that makes them look nice. <laughs> and literally a fraction of that time choosing the lens. And the truth is that what you're actually shopping for is the lens and not the frame because you're looking to improve your eyesight. Um, in sites like this, you can only get when you're out in the field and trying to understand the value. Um, and so the challenge became, how can we incentivize the counter sales people to you know, make that lens conversation as well, just as interesting and really hook on the health aspect of things that you're buying the pair of glasses. Of course, you wanna look nice, but you also wanna take care of your health and your eyes. Um, and so it was really interesting to see those insights and then shift to the salespeople. Um, often, because a company doesn't want to communicate all the information to sales, they only communicate portion of the information to sales. And in large companies, it gets you know, um, siloed, the information that they get. And ultimately, what happened was that the last mile salesperson didn't actually have all of the information they needed to be able to have a conversation with the retailer. And the salesperson ultimately was the brand that the company was working with, right? Or the retailer was working with, I'm sorry. Um, so all of these gaps we were able to see and put together with empathy to the point you're making that each touch point when we started adding value right away, the business started to grow because it was almost like we were removing one hurdle after the other, because these guys were lucky that their lenses itself was of high quality and possibly delivered more value than the end customer was looking for. So, you know, um, here's a case study of how, whether it's sales process, starting with value and starting with value to different players in the ecosystem is what's important. I know working with you and McAfee that you also had, you know, retailers that played a large role in the customers and experience. Um, can you talk a little bit about how you understood the value there? That's for sure. And, 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 and we did a really, really good exercise with the, with the sales team because uh, basically we, we tried to, to avoid what, one of the things that you have just uh, said regarding 
which is the insight that the field is managing during the sales process, which is the information that the companies, you know, waterfall into the first line, you know? So in our case, we invited the sales team to go out to the retail stores and to go out in and, uh, you know, and have conversations with, uh, you know, with the, with, the, with the retail team, those that needs to sell our product sometimes or many times bundling our product with some other product. It could be a laptop. It would be at the time that a customer were walking through the technical services and therefore, you know, the, the retailer, the person was suggesting them to improve their security at the time that they were acquiring any device of service, but also to talk with customer and observe customer. You were talking about the retail. The retail is key to understand the journey. What is doing the customer and what is the kind of conversation and meaningful conversation that the person that needs to sell your product is handling with the customer. So we discover a lot of insight about, you know, the, the retailers sometimes were not having the, the, the more, you know, impactful conversation in order to try to add the security at that moment of truth with the customer. And we discovered that maybe we were not training well to the retailer. So it was not their fault. Maybe it was our fault at the time that we were training them to sell our product. Sometimes we were trying to sell our product just by highlighting features. But maybe it was more useful to highlight experience, how they will improve their experience, you know, doing things online, anything online, and more secure because at that time we were showing them that McAfee will be working for them. Because that's another point is to show the customers that through your product, through your experience, that you are doing things for them, you know, and sometimes as a security, when you talk about privacy, you know, it doesn't mean that the customer needs to do many things. Right. It means that you need to show to the customer that they can stay calm because you are working for them, you know? Right. So these kind of insights, you know, we were uh, getting a lot of them as a team working on with the, you know, in the stores and spending time in the store. I personally, was with, uh, you know, different folks on the team, just running conversation, asking the, the, the customer that was walking through the retailer to have an open conversation with, uh, with, with us to understand with where their, you know, their view of, of risk when they were using internet or when they were, you know, uh, purchasing a, a device for, for their kids, this kind of thing. So being in the field, and having this open conversation is, you know, given great, great insights for later on to come back. And the first line is also given a relevant feedback for product to continue working, you know? So it's some kind of really cross culture, you know, all of us has to experience about, you know, how to get that insight from the field and from, directly from the customer or those channels that are, you know, approaching the customers. Yeah, I mean, to play, uh, there were lots of amazing points that you made. 
um, but if I can highlight a few, you're talking about everybody in the organization having that experience of connecting with the customer firsthand, um, regardless of what their position in the organization might be. Um, and it also goes back to the book that you were referring to in terms of geo transformation, that experience of connecting and seeing the reality of how the product is being used helps you, you know, strengthen the core while thinking about, you know, future innovations that will just, you know, anchor you better to uh, deliver value for your customer. You also talked about, um, Jesus, how it's really important to get those insights. Um, it's not just observation, it's also insights. Can you tell us a little bit about how you brought in the culture of articulating insights to smart protection as well? Well, uh, first of all is uh, the way to articulate that insights is bringing the team to a same level of, let's say, understanding or you know, sharing some kind of framework to build, you know, all the process. How do we approach the discovery process? How do we approach the inside process? And how do we serve some kind of framework tools? And I would say in a smart protection, for example, starting teaching the, the team. And it's not like any of them were not familiar with design thinking, but Maybe I had people in product that were familiar with design thinking, but they, people in finance were not familiar on design thinking. Right. And at the same time, if we want to serve that process of inferring insights, we need to keep in some kind of same level, you know, thinking on mindset, you know? So building that cross framework and level of, you know, articulate, you know, discussion, conversation, for infer that insights, I think that is important. So uh, in, in our case, we built some kind of bootcamp with people of different roles in the organization. Sometimes when you were invited them to be part of that, they were weird about the invitation. I said, what am I going to do here? You know, after a while, now you see them being those customer obsession that anytime that something is happening are coming with that insights. Now I'm seeing finance coming to me and said, hey, yes, regarding this invoicing process, we have had this conversation with the customer. We are doing wrong. We need to change this, change that. That's culture. That's so important. So I would say culture is important and to, to have some kind of, let's say, training in mm -hmm. order to, to serve this kind of mindset, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I guess, um, you know, training to understand the concepts and then the sort of the space to implement it. Um, you're, you're allowing your teams to easily connect with your customers and that's also really important because I know a lot of companies have processes to um, connect with customers that tend to be rather difficult. And so that also makes it hard for individuals to really understand the value that they're delivering. That's amazing. This is your, um, you know, in a in a startup that is, um, you know, completely redefining how um, small businesses secure their identity and their products against counterfeiting, against all of the bad things that happen 
especially in an e-commerce market like ours. Um, what are some trends that you're seeing right now um, that you find interesting or threatening in some way? Well, I would say that there is a, a main trend that it's not like it's happening right now, but maybe it ha we have experienced a, a, a big speed up of the trend that is, you know, moving online, you know? I think that because of the, you know, what we have uh, lived over the last one year and a half or almost two years, any business has tried to make, you know, business online, you know? I have seen, you know, the, the restaurant near my my house that they were setting some kind of web page in order to 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 implement some kind of takeaway right. and delivery food, you know. Yeah. So, but the good thing of moving online means that you can put your product, you know, almost to anywhere. So the supply chain is, you know, easier to start delivery. But there is also some challenge or even risk to be online. That being online means that it's much more easier that you lose the full control of that supply chain, you know? And you can start seeing that your product is going across through, you know, even resellers or distributors that you are not allowing to do that. But also there could be some other that are copying your designs, your, you know, uh, patents or your ideas at the end. And when you are dealing with different range of companies, when you are going to, let's say a big company, maybe they could be worried about the business impact, you know, the erosion of the brand, this kind of stuff. A small company could be somehow the same, but I think that the small companies adding also uh, something that is related with the passion, you know, something that is, someone is creating something and is trying to push to the world. And it could be impacted because anyone could be copying or doing some bad practice that is impacting that idea, that dream, you know? So this is when I'm moving also into putting the, into the customer shoes. Some of them could be, or could see that they dream is damaged. Right. So we are here to, to try to help them on that journey, you know? Yeah. So this is because we are trying to make something that is, you know, affordable for any company size, because at the end of the day, any company for, from any size is moving online and using the online channel. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I guess we saw that trend of people making their products available online and moving away from some of the traditional uh, distribution mechanisms that we were talking about. And certainly the pandemic has hastened that journey of people making their services available online. Um, that's a, definitely a big trend and that allows, it feels like the freedom of anybody can make their products available and increase their reach. But like you said, it comes with its own sort of um, set of challenges, right? Jesus, what is your advice to sales leaders, growth leaders, marketing leaders, or just simply leaders out there that are trying to create um, new businesses that are trying to add value to existing businesses? 
Yeah, uh, I was, you know, just sharing my, I would say my main advice is when you are trying to create something uh, to, you know, to offer to a customer segment, the first is put yourself in front of your customer and put yourself literally just face to face and start talk with a customer and listen. It is so important listen. It's not an interview. It's just sit, have an open conversation and listen. And when you listen and you get, you know, that learnings that it will be huge. I'm talking from my experience. Then talk with your team and explain what you have experienced. Share that experience with your team in order to align, you know, your team on the same customer obsession approach. I think that's that's key. Awesome. Um, throughout the conversation, you've talked about, you know, listen to your customers, put yourself in front of the customer, um, don't interview, um, you know, listen, observe. I mean, it's music to my ears to hear a business leader say all of these things, because I think that's incredible. And I'm sure it comes from rich experience of seeing the value of listening observing customers versus going there to validate what you believe um, is happening. Uh, confirmation bias tends to creep in very quickly when you just go to validate versus truly learn. Um, Jesus, this has been an absolute pleasure talking to you and having you talk about your experience in really connecting with the business, with the customer value that you deliver and doing everything in service of the customer. Thank you so much for your time. Any parting advice that you have for us? No, just, uh, you know, just really thanks you also for the, you know, for opening this space and, and, and window for, for us to talk and to share with the audience, you know, about what we said before, our experience, you know, and uh, I'm really glad to, to have had this uh, conversation with, with you. Thank you for that, uh, Deepa. Likewise, thank you so much, Jesus.